following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anza, yes! Caught! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Oh, what a weekend. Rough loss for Utah State. Uh, we have to put the, <laughs> putting it mildly. Uh, we got the updated and new RPI standings for high school football. And take a look at that after one week of region play. Updated RPI standings for girls soccer and volleyball as well. The opening weekend of the NFL, though the last of that of those games will take place tonight on Monday Night Football. Um, so a lot of things to react to. Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge met with the media today. So I think we'll probably have to punt on that and talk more about that tomorrow. Pull Utah State. Punt. <laughs> yeah, a lot of punts. Uh, but continue to get your reactions as to what happened on Saturday, both on the field and off the field, the, the, the game itself, and then some controversial comments from the coach afterwards uh, and to how fans are reacting to that. 435-339-0321. Uh, here on the Full Court Press uh, to weigh in and, and share your thoughts now that you've had the weekend to kind of think about it, stew on it. Did it are you are you more fired up or have you moved in the other direction? Uh, love to get your thoughts and reactions to it. We'll, we'll play his comments again and, uh, and hear it in context if you missed it and then uh, share some of our reactions as well. Jason did a nice job of, of pointing out some things that, well, some – some of the frustration was pointed to a specific player on Saturday. On your Monday cooldown on Cash Valley Daily, you've pointed out that there were other things going on that aren't Logan Bonner's fault. Yeah. I'd honestly, if you're listing players whose fault this loss was or this bad start, it, you, know, you know, whose responsibility is this? Logan Bonner's a lot lower on the list than a lot of people think he is. They're pointing to him as like the number one, like it's his fault. Not so much that they're saying, oh, he's just terrible and we hate him. It's a lot of people are saying he's too injured to play. And maybe there's some injury, you know, factoring into this, but I don't think he's that much worse than last year. I think there's a lot more going on as far as other players not helping him. The offensive line is actually blocking fairly well. He's not taking a ton of sacks. Um, but when receivers don't get open, doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. You know, you can have Patrick Mahomes back there. You can have Aaron Rodgers back there. Watch the Packers game. How good did Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVP do against the Vikings when he had nobody to throw yeah, to? When nobody would hold on to the ball. Yeah, so it's like it, it's kind of what's going on here where it's like, okay, blame Logan Bonner all you want. His receivers have to catch the ball when he throws it to them. Well, and and there needs to be some rhythm on the offense. So the, the play calling wasn't really f- fantastic either. Um, you know, Third and long, and we're running the ball up the middle. Because it hasn't worked all game, but, hey, let's try it one more time. That that's where a lot of those boos started happening, and then they just crescendoed as the game went on because nothing changed. Yeah, we kept putting Bonner out there uh, and calling the same plays with no effect, uh, with both in the passing game and in the running game, and bringing maybe bringing in a, a quarterback who has a mobile option could have opened things up and started to create more rhythm and create more opportunities, but it wasn't until late in the game that that happened. Utah State didn't convert its first third down 
until, what, two and a half minutes to go in the game? Yeah, the final drive. When Weber State had pulled its starters? Embarrassing. Yeah, Utah State had, like, if you exclude that final drive, they had, like, five third-down conversions in the last two weeks. Like, I think right now I, l- I looked up what they're, where they rank in third-down conversions. They're 127th in third-down conversion percentage. There's 131 teams, 131 teams? in FBS. Not, not so, great. No, not, not great. great at all. Uh, getting to your texts, 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. Uh, 9952 says, I keep hearing we don't have a good backup quarterback. Our tight ends can't be helpful in the passing game. Our receivers aren't reliable. Outside of Bright and Tompkins, how bad was our, our re- recruiting been the last two to four years? Well, but typical for a G5. They're transferring in a lot of people, and they're trying to use them as – you know, stopgap solutions where they're not, you know, recruiting very well. Receiver has been pretty heavy as far as transfers. You know, they have Devin Tompkins, Derek Wright. Most everybody else has been, a, uh, you know, a transfer. But this uh, this last year's recruiting class was regarded as a top third in the Mountain West, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Again, it's it's tricky. I feel like their, their recruiting has been all right. I thought this team was more talented than they'd be. This is why it's such a surprise. I thought this team had talent. I still kind of think this team has talent. They're just not showing it. And maybe the recruiting hasn't been great. But, you know, usually you only find out about recruiting two or three years down the road. Yeah, that's true. Because it's a development program, and so it takes a while for these guys to get on the field and shine. Yeah. But he is saying, like, the past two to four years, so he is saying the period where – now is when the last two to four years of recruiting shows up. But the thing is, like I said, I'm not saying Utah State doesn't have a good backup quarterback. I'm just saying he's not a better option than who we've already got. We have a good backup quarterback. He helped us win a bowl game. You know, that's hard to do sometimes. Uh, 9315, series of texts here from 9315 that we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, I have a real genuine question. For this year, was there a real quarterback battle in fall camp because Bonner was rehabilitating from injury? Um, no. I'd, he was the designated number one guy. I don't yeah. think it was a battle. Yeah, Coach Anderson talked about there being a battle, and you know, or at least Cooper having a chance to win the job. And I'm sure the coaches, you know, they didn't just completely dismiss it and never gave Lagat a chance. If he would have just absolutely wowed and done spectacular, maybe there would have had a, there would have been a battle develop. But I don't think there was really truly a battle. No. More texts here from 9315. I almost would have shouted for joy if they would have called the play from 1998, attack punt. But that year we were uh, we were not a really good team because of it. <laughs> yeah. I just spilled a gallon of milk. Still not as bad as no offensive points in two games. Uh, I think it's hard to be connected when your starting quarterback didn't do much because of injury and fall practices. Uh, 98, we won three games, by the way. Right, you've got some new wide receivers, and you've got a quarterback who's rehabbing from injury, and he he didn't participate in the spring, and I believe he was limited in the fall. And last year in the fall, he was he was recovering from an injury as well, but he was fighting to be the starting quarterback. There's maybe a little bit more on the line for him, um, to 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 push him there. I, but yeah, not having that that 
time to work with timing and, and connectivity with your wide receivers is, is really big. Not understanding how your guys run or what's going through their minds when they're running routes, that takes time. And I don't know that he's had a lot of that with this receiving core. See, I don't – I'd like to put forward that argument. I've thought it, but then I thought back to last year. He was injured. Didn't have time to develop that with Tompkins and got fewer snaps because he was splitting them with Peasley. So he probably had fewer snaps to develop with his receivers last year than he did this year. That's true. And, That's a and good he point. Did, and he didn't necessarily have the respect of being, oh, I'm the number one guy because he hadn't earned that from, you know, the fact that he was splitting snaps early. So I'd like to say that's the reason because then maybe there'd be hope there, but same thing as last year, or very similar. The injury is kind of more severe. Maybe it's limiting him, but still. Um, and again, this is why I think it falls more on the wide receivers not pulling their weight in a lot of ways. Last year had some dang good wide receivers. And this year, they're not dang good. They're... I think they're solid, or at least I thought they were going to be solid. They're dropping passes all over the place and aren't aren't able to win one-on-one battles against corners. So there's something wrong. I, I put more blame on the wide receivers than I do Bonner. Uh, 4781, thinking issue with what you just said. <laughs> Series of texts here. Uh, you're saying that we should keep Logan Bonner as a starter after he lost to Weber High School? Bonner sucks. Put the kicker in at quarterback. Anything is better than Bonner. And then also, coaches should be fired. Weber's a team you just can't lose to. It would be like Alabama losing to USU. And then, if the university is putting in so much money towards the football team, there is every right for fans to boo. Yeah, so again, I'm, I'm someone who believes in fans' right to boo. We did have a talk about, you know, fans crossing the line and things like that and being disrespectful or even racist or derogatory, there's crossing a line. If you're upset at your coaches and you're booing, that's not getting you know super derogatory or personal or racist. That's you expressing your displeasure at what's happening on the football field. You're keeping it on the field. You know, those other things, that's where you're, you know, you're crossing outside the lines of the game. When you're booing, it's like, yeah, I'm upset. I paid money that is paying your salary to come watch this, and I don't like it. And I'm going to tell you I don't like it. And you can deal with it. I, I agree. I think fans have every right to boo. I know there's a, a, a faction of people who say, you should never boo your own team. Okay, you're, you're loyal, and that's awesome, and that's great. But the fans who are booing, they're loyal too. Like They know what this team is capable of and what it can do. And they're frustrated. They're, they're diehards, too. They're frustrated that the team's not doing what they believe it can do. What it's, they're not, it's not meeting its potential. And they're frustrated. I have every sympathy with fans who decide to boo. Because you're... Man, if I... You and I have the, the benefit that we don't have to pay our own hard-earned money to get to those games. We show a pass and we get to go into the games, and you know, it's a different situation. But I have every sympathy for somebody who gathered their family together, bought a couple of tickets, carving out three, four hours of their day to fight traffic and parking and go to watch a game and see that effort. 
I totally understand it. And if it was just that game and the frustration and the, the you know the how the team was kind of st- stuck in in that one game, that might be a bit of an overreaction. But we're three games into this, and really fans have only seen one good quarter of football out of this team. And well, good offensive football, I should clarify that. But it's been it's been a frustrating start to the season. I totally get how fans would be upset, and that's how they're letting the coaching staff know. They're not they're not booing at a specific player. Yeah, maybe some are. And to that that can be a little disrespectful. These are well, we can argue if these are paid professionals or not now. But this is this was on coaching decisions. And it started with running it on third and long up the middle. That's where it started, on coaching decisions. It wasn't directed at a specific player. Later, it grew to that because the coaching decision was to keep putting out the same group of players who were ineffective earlier and throughout the game and were loyal to their players despite their lack of success. So I'll say this about booing. You do not boo a team that you do not love, with -hmm. the exception of maybe booing the opponent. If you're booing your own team, it's because you love that team and you hate what you're seeing. Yes. So if you're getting on fans and say, oh, you're booing your own team, you don't love them. No, they're booing because they do love the team. Because they care. Yeah. I'd rather have booing fans in the stands than nobody in the fans because that's the alternative. Yeah. Apathy is, is worse than booing. Not having people there because they don't care, that's worse. You, you want teams, you want fans who will hold you accountable. And granted, fans aren't the best group in terms of holding them accountable because sometimes, you know, I don't want to say mob behavior, but that's kind of the, the term is that can get out of hand and you lose judgment and things like that. You don't want fans running your team, but, you know, when you're playing bad, fans can see that. They can understand that. And they will hold you accountable, in, in at least in that way. They shouldn't be making the decisions on who's starting at quarterback. But if you run the ball in third and long for the 17th time and they boo, yeah, we're sick of seeing well, that. If you if you run the ball on first and 10 and you get a yard, then you throw a bad pass that doesn't go anywhere on second down, and then you're faced with third and long, and then you run the ball again up the middle, fans are going to get upset. Yeah. They're not- if that happens on one series, yeah, that's unfortunate. But when it happens for the entire game – and that nothing is getting changed as the game goes on, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And they have every right. All right. We're actually going to put that on the shelf for just a second because I know we've got a lot more text coming through. We'll get to that. And I love the reactions we're getting today. We'll hear from the coach himself, replay what he said, and take it in its, its full context. But we're going to take a quick time out on that because – it's at this time every Monday that we reflect back on the games that t- took place on Friday. High school football, Region 11, Skyview uh, hosting Logan and their region opener. Didn't go so great for Skyview. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but there was still a positive play that was highlighted by Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis and Ryan Lawrenson. After the game, and so they highlighted a specific bread and butter play of the game from the old grist mill. So, if you were watching the game, or if you watched the replay, 
and you can call in and correctly identify what it was, we will give you four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. 435-752-1069. You can't uh, have won this in the last 30 days. So if, uh, if you've already won it recently, give somebody else a chance. But what was the Skyview bread and butter play of the game from Friday night in their game against the Logan Grizzlies? 435-752-1069. While I take that phone, those phone calls that come in, Jason, it looks like we've got a lot more texts that you can get through. <laughs> Just throwing me into the fire. <laughs> All right. I got plenty of material to work with. All right. Uh, 1570 uh, says, not to brag, but on Friday I sent a text in saying we should stop overlooking small teams. After watching the first two games of the year, I wasn't sold on this Aggie team. And, yeah, you were right. I can see that text from earlier. So on the money there. And there, there were other people who were saying, you know, Weber State could beat Utah State, and I did not believe them. But, heck, they were right. Give them credit. Um, 4474 says, Jason Eric, your comments on Bonner and play calling are so spot on. Keep up the good work, fellas. Love listening to your show. I like it when people agree with me. It's very nice. So thank you, 4474. He said, Weber State, they are who they thought they were, and then he uh, sent in the gif of, oh, I can't remember his name, uh, the coach, the Cardinals coach who was screaming, the, they are who they thought we uh, They are who we thought they were when they lost to the Bears. And the, like, the Bears didn't like score an offensive touchdown. Like I don't know if they scored an offensive touchdown the entire game, but at least not in the second half. Devin Hester won that game with a pair of return touchdowns. Um, 3261 says, Booing, I understand. I did see a fan personally yelling at an individual Aggie player. That upset me. And, yeah, that's the thing. When, you, when you're attacking players, again, there's, there's that line I'm trying to draw in that when you're booing what's going on on the field, you're showing your displeasure what's happening on the field. When you keep things on the field, I'm generally okay with anything you're saying. It's when you begin being maybe overly insulting, getting personal, you know, using slurs and things like that, where you begin to cross into, you know, areas that are kind of off the field. That's where I, I kind of try and draw the line. And yelling at individual Aggie players, you're really starting to cross that line. You know, making it personal and saying, oh, you're terrible and you shouldn't be on this team. And, or I don't know what that fan would have said, but, you know, that kind of thing would upset me too. Yeah, don't target the players. You can you can talk about the the decisions that were made, but be careful about targeting individuals. Uh, that just that's not that's not appropriate. Yeah. So uh, I was I forgot the name of the coach they were talking. about. It is Dennis Green. That is right. Five three three eight. Thank you for prodding my memory. Dennis Green. Somebody texted a GIF like they said the they are who they thought we were. Oh. <laughs> he, he said saying that about Weber State, <laughs> and he he tweeted the GIF of uh, Dennis Green yelling Very that nice. after the after their loss to the Bears. Uh, hey, by the way, congratulations to Jerry Dersh. She called in and correctly identified the bread and butter play of the game for the Skyview Bobcats from Friday night. It was a 34-yard touchdown run by Brevin Egbert. It was in the third quarter, and uh, that put Skyview ahead 16-10. to Unfortunately, they were not able to hold on to that lead, but uh, that was the play. And, in fact, um, just quickly, it w- we may have time to get into this later. I don't know. We've got a lot of texts coming through on the Aggie stuff. But uh, I- interesting first uh, reveal for the high school football RPI of the season with Ridgeline at number two in the state. Of course, the Riverhawks have uh, won their last three games, but that's a team that's had a quarterback change. 
They've lost their top offensive player and their wide receiver, and they've had to kind of refigure some things out. But in the process, they're at number two in the state in RPI, in the first uh, uh, RPI release of the season. Mountain Crest coming in at number six overall. They're two and three uh, in their overall record. Logan at number seven. And then uh, Green Canyon at number nine. So a rough start for the Wolves, but they played against some really tough competition, and that was reflected in their RPI. Skyview at number 10, and Bear River at number 12. So definitely a different order, one through six, right now than what we were looking at preseason. Yeah, definitely. And on Ridgeline being at the top, I think, I haven't looked at all, what all these acronyms are. I believe opponents' win percentage is a big part of that, and I think opponents opponents win percentage yes that's some of the, some of the columns that are on here ridgeline by far the highest uh like 0.800 so like 80 percent basically they've played some tough teams um and so I, I think that's really what's carried them the fact that they have managed to win three straight games and they played some unbelievably tough teams to start the year that's what's helped them be at the top despite not having the uh greatest record though i think they are tied for first in terms of record in the region, if I remember correctly. Yeah, both Logan and Ridgeliner have overall records of 3-2, and two, and they're 1-0 and oh in region play. Let's go, Logan. <laughs> so My Logan Grizzlies. Am uh, I allowed to call them that? Uh, sure you can. You're, you're the voice of the Grizzlies. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, if you want to see that uh, release, the, the, the details there on Cash Valley Daily, uh, the schedule for this week, Box Elder coming in at number 10 in 5A, uh, Rich, how about the Rebels coming in at number two in 1A eight-player football? And then also the latest RPI for volleyball with Skyview and Green Canyon at one and two, Ridgeline at number four in uh, volleyball for 4A, and in girls' soccer, Mountain Crest, Green Canyon, and Ridgeline, one, two, and three in 4A girls' soccer uh, after uh, the few weeks of uh, of of play and as they've been going along. So anyway, go check out the full RPI rankings for football, volleyball, and uh, girls soccer on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, another time out here in the full court press, a lot more texts to get through. We'll get to those and we'll hear what the coach said uh, after the game. Continue to get your reactions to it. 435-339-0321. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main and Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. 
Join Three Peaks Medical Plaza at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan for their grand opening this Saturday from noon to 4. Bounce houses, drinks, food, and a chance to win amazing prizes. 13 different medical specialties in one state-of-the-art building. Cash Valley Imaging, offering a full suite of affordable imaging services. The Cash Valley Pharmacy, a full-service pharmacy with drive through and free delivery in the Valley. Go to threepeaksplaza.com for details and links to all medical specialties. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan, Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the Fireplace Retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. For more than a decade, Integrity Home Health and Hospice has been changing patient lives, outcomes, futures, and now we're changing our name. Integrity is now proud to be called Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis. A-E-G-I-S. At Aegis, we're dedicated to compassion, character, and trust. We will ensure you experience the difference as we meet your home health and hospice needs. I'm Melissa Fieser. Our team promises to go above and beyond with compassion and care. Call us today, 435-723-9000, or find us online at myages.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grantham Mobile Automotive is fast and affordable. They'll come to you whether your vehicle's at your home or if your car left you stranded at work or at a local business. Give him a call. He's certified. He's professional. He knows what he's doing. 435-229-4345. And he comes to you. 435-229-4345. A lot more texts rolling through on our full court press text line. As uh, no surprise, I mean, there's a, a lot of people upset about yeah. what happened on the field and about things that were said off the field. So we'll just keep going to the text, continue to give you the opportunity to uh, voice your opinion. Uh, the Utah State lost to Weber State 35 to seven. Five three seven zero texting in. Haven't been to a game in years, but after hearing what the coach said, I might buy a ticket to show up and boo him throughout the game. <laughs> That's. Uh... It's an interesting level of investment right there. That's that's savage enough of like putting on sunglasses and walking away from an explosion. Let's take <laughs> that's how savage that is. Uh 5452. Uh I'm sorry after the 52nd time of seeing them run up the gut on third and eight, this coaching staff deserves to hear some booing. Call a decent game and you won't hear boos. And if someone can prove any boos were directed at any player specifically, we can talk about it more. Until then, enough. I think this is something interesting because there was a perception from, from me. I thought there was kind of somewhat directed at Bonner. Some frustration of the coaches. Cause again, I heard them booing on the run on third and long. I knew there was frustration there, but some of the booing when Bonner came out after throwing the pick six, okay, that's, 
They're not happy that Bonner's out there and they're booing because of that. You can argue whether or not it was booing at Bonner, but then the some kind of faint we want Cooper chance, cheering when Cooper came out, like it seemed fairly clear that it was That's directed pretty at clear. Bonner. That's directed at a player. Yeah, and like when I posted my transcript of the of the he went on for like a minute and a half almost talking about it, I said use the language the booze directed at Bonner, which was probably a mistake on my part. I worded a little bit better in some of my later writing because the number one response I feel like I got from that was in a reaction from a lot of people with other postings on social media and on the KVNU call is we weren't booing Bonner, we were booing the coaches. And I think that's true. So obviously a, a little you know, bad wording on my part, maybe with the initial uh, tweet, but that was kind of the perception. I think that's what Coach Anderson was going off of is he felt like, given some of the context, it seemed like it was directed at Bonner, and that's part of why I made my mistake, and that's probably why Coach Anderson worded his, you know, his rant the way he did. Because well, that, that was kind of the context and the perception from some of us. Right, and that, that was his perception. And, uh, in fact, let's get to that right now. We've been leading up to this. Let's just hear him. For some of you who may have missed it, uh, this you can go back and uh, it's on the KVNU Aggie call if you want to go back and listen to that. But we've also shared the coaches' post-game press conference on our podcast feed on the fan, which can be you can find it on our podcast feed or on our website or on our app. Uh, but here is the coaches' comments specifically to this about the booze uh, Saturday night after Utah State lost to Weber State, thirty-five to seven. I don't know if people are going to want to hear this, but. That's the same quarterback that won a Mountain West Conference championship last year, the first one ever at this university. That's coming off a knee injury in less than nine months. And he's not the only person making mistakes. So it's real easy to sit in the stands and boo. And I want nothing better than Cooper Lagos to have a great career here when his time has come. But he had opportunity to win that job in the offseason, and he did not. And he's a great number two, and he's going to be a really good number one. But right now, Logan Bonner's a starting quarterback. He deserves that opportunity, and he also deserves respect. And I don't know how to say that any nicer. We had a lot of our fan base show true colors today, and it was embarrassing. And they can be mad at me, and hey, we didn't get it. We didn't get it done. We didn't win. But there's plenty of blame on that sideline to go around, not just one guy. And he did help us win the conference title last year, and it ain't been that long ago. I wish people would remember that. Pull for him, not against him. Cooper's going to get his opportunity. He's going to be a great football player. And I love him to death. But I'm not going to be swayed by people in the crowd. We're going to pull tighter together on the sideline, as a matter of fact, because apparently that's what we got. So, Coach, coming out with some fire. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I, You know what? I get him going to bat for his quarterback. I get him defending his guy, but I, I don't know. I, I just think he – look, here – before I go any further, let me just say this. This is a guy who got embarrassed on his own field by a lower division school. Here's a guy who got outplayed by another coach at a lower division. Here's a guy whose team did not prepare properly through the week to take their opponent seriously. Here's a guy who saw his team make mistakes on the field multiple times and could never get it going. 
So here's a guy who's very frustrated with how things played out on the field. I, I get that he's frustrated and he's angry. And frankly, he should be. But to direct that towards the fans, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, and it was the fact that he was darn near getting insulting in almost a us versus them with the fans. Some of the things he said, you know, we talk about we're going to pull tighter together on the sideline because that's apparently what we got. You know, different things like that. You know, at a few different times he's saying like, all right, well, we don't care about the fans or whatever. Like, that's dangerous. And, and there's people within the team, parents of players who are starting to come to this, okay, you know, this adversarial approach to the fans, and that's not good. And as a coach, you can't yeah, you have, have to be an, careful. Yeah, you, you can't have that. You can, you know, defending. You want to Bonner, alienate the fans who are yeah. there, who have hey, been through a lot of crap in the past? Yeah. Like, you want to alienate those guys? Definitely. He, he, there was one guy texting that says he's been a fan longer than Coach Anderson's been alive. Right. It's like, don't alienate these guys. They are the reason you have a job. Are, are there fickle fans? Yes. You find oh, yeah. them in any sport. But there were clearly people upset with the coaching decisions that were being made against a team that Utah State should be not just beating, should be dominating. Based on what happened a year ago. Yeah, that's the Mountain West championship team. The, the quarterback who won the championship, who broke records for Utah State. He does not look like the same guy out there on the field. Yeah, it's like this isn't this isn't 2021. This is 2022. Just like last year wasn't 2020. You kept trying to toss off the mantle that you were a mediocre or bad team. You know, you had, you had to play off 2020, ignore the previous year. Now you're trying to go back to the previous year? All right, a lot more text rolling through. Holy cow. A lot, a lot more text. Uh, 9176. Uh, <laughs> wide receivers running lazy routes, taking plays off, won't block downfield. Whole team just looks lethargic. Yeah, I think I do agree with that. Uh, yeah. 7994. If a football game is entertainment, then saying you can't boo is like going to a play and not booing when none of the cast can remember their lines. I think everyone just gets silent when people can't remember their lines because it's super awkward. Super uncomfortable. Uh, zero three nine one. But if it kept happening over and over again, then maybe yeah, it would that's be. true. Like, there's I don't want to discount his point. He makes a you know a comparison. Like, you you have a right to boo. I agree with the point he's making. I'm just making fun of because <laughs> I'm a I'm a <laughs> terrible a, person. Sorry, seven nine nine four. three nine one. This was just not on Bonner and offense. This was a total team collapse. This is on coaches. This is a direct consequence of not preparing the team to be competitive the previous week. Bama. Uh, coaches lost the team. Hope they can't. Uh, hope they can get them back. Yeah, well said. Nine three one five. I remember going to football game and being able to jump seats close to the field, like row five in the nineties, because nobody was at the game. Yeah, I've I've heard people talking about that. Like in this whole discussion, there's people talking about the dark days and yeah, stuff like this. Also, if Bonner can't run, then why do we, does the coach give him the option to run in play calling? P.S. I've been with USU from age eight in the early nineties, and booing the play call is. How I meet of the team. I can't just show up to practice and say fix your bad play. Yeah, it's. I think it's the fact that Anth- that, that Tucker's offense is part of it is read option looks, and he refuses to adjust based on his personnel, or he has it in there because he has two running quarterbacks in the system that he could play. He doesn't want to give it up, but for some reason, there's some of his few run plays. You know, it's just weird. He shouldn't be running those, but for some reason, he's sticking to them. 
Right, because Bonner cannot run those plays. Yeah, and it, it's hurting. As I said, and I'm, when I break down, it's like the backside defensive end is making the play. And if he's doing that consistent, like I said, I'm running out of fingers to count how many times that happened. You need to adjust. 5-2-5-3 five, five, versus UConn. I hated the quarterback merry-go-round, but versus Weber, I felt like they were way too slow to move off of Bonner. I felt like we've moved past him as a clear-cut QB1. Is the quarterback spot really as up in the air as I feel it is? Is Bonner's dominance coming to an end? Would a change at quarterback one uh, really needed to correct course? Is what we need to correct course? Yeah, I've, I've, I've already kind of said my piece on this where there's – and maybe you weren't here, but basically my thing is Bonner's the best passer on the team far and away. Cooper's not going to come in and save the passing game, and sure as heck Levi ain't going to do it. Could they – you know, could it change course because those guys come in and help fix the run game in some ways? There's a possibility. Or at least establish some sense of rhythm for the offense? Yeah. Maybe you could do it with the run game and you can add a new dynamic that helps get something going. You know, a rhythm, as you said. I don't know. That's a debate we could have. Would that actually change it? Would it be better to give up some passing ability when you go down to Cooper but gain a new dynamic to the offense. That's a real debate you can have. All right, we got to take another quick timeout. A lot more texts to get through. We will get to those. Feel free to keep sending them in, 435-339-0321. You're on the Full Court Press. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Finding, Finding, interviewing, and hiring. One of the most difficult things a business can do. The Cash Valley Media Group can help. If you need employees now or in the near future, plan to participate in the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair Thursday, September 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park from 11 a.m. till 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to hundreds of potential employees looking for work or wanting to change their careers. Call 752-1390 or go to cashvalleymediagroup.com. That's cashvalleymediagroup.com. To get involved Thursday, September 22nd at the Job Fair at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Presented by Cash Valley Media Group. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerick's. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerick's, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerick's find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerick's. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
Mountain West Motor invites you in helping them drive change in our community. So each month they select a local nonprofit or a cause to donate funds to. We can all drive change by helping those in need. Just visit Mountain West Motor and explore your next adventure with a newly customized truck or SUV. Visit MWMotor.com or stop by their new location, 615 North Main in Logan. A lot more texts to get through here on the Full Court Press text line, so we'll get to those right off the bat, 8739. Uh, Let's talk high school. Green Canyon finally got a win. Hopefully this is the start of the long win streak. When yeah. they found their offense. They did in a big way. That was kind of one of the keys I had written down. I was like, get something going on offense? Well, they got more than something. Yes. They got a lot of something. And it was a big win for them on the road at Bear River. And Bear River's had a decent season. Yeah. Decent start. So They've given up a lot of points. But I think Green Canyon kind of shut their offense down, which Bear River's had a good offense. So good in multiple ways. Uh, one one eight one. If the playoffs started today, Skyview at Logan and winner plays at Ridgeline. That'd be juicy. <laughs> I like that idea. That'd be fun. Uh, 6133, I wasn't able to make it to the game on Saturday, so I really appreciate your analysis of what happened instead of what Twitter said happened. Yeah, Twitter's negative, and I got negative on Twitter. I stopped tweeting positive things after about the second quarter, which that's why I started kind of biting off some of the tweets as I'm trying. Like It's been a personal goal of me for like a year to be more positive on Twitter. And sometimes with my live tweeting will just swing wildly one direction. One of two directions, you know, tweeting all the cool stats of all the cool stuff that's happening today, or here's how awful it is <laughs> and all the stats, and this hasn't happened since forever. It was a frustrating game for sure. Yeah. See how it played out offensively, defensively. I mean, Stephen constantly had some great punts. It was great that Terrell Vaughn had the, the big return. Yeah, that was really fun. Best part of the game. That was awesome. That was like the only great part of the game because then two plays later, Weaver State was already back in the lead. Couple of pick uh, picks from the secondary. Yeah, big man interception. That's always fun. I love those. Love so, big man plays. Few things. Uh, nine four seven four. All right. No more need to talk about the losing team and how bad the loss was. How about we talk about the local high school team on a thirty-five game winning streak? Thank you, uh, nine four seven four. Always bringing it home to West Side, who uh, continues their incredible streak of dominance in high school football. You're just going to become a West Side. Radio station. Just talk about West Side. Hey, they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> That's a program. It's, it's like not the, just one team. That's not just one player. It was like the reporter to, uh, I think, the, the, LS, the new LSU coach. Like, I'll be on time when you win or something like that. After, Did you hear about <laughs> oh, that? Oh, I heard about it. He brought a $10 yeah. bill. Yes. I pay up. <laughs> he showed up. I'll be on time money. when you win. Yeah. Good job, Coach Kelly. Uh, 3261. I can believe last season didn't garner a little more goodwill this season for the coaches and players. I think it has. You know, there's a lot of people defending Coach Anderson because of last season. Um, it's actually kind of amazing, you know, the effect of these three games is that it's eroded that goodwill so quickly. That's just kind of a testament to how bad it is because, you know, Blake Anderson was like a hero in this town. Could have got the key to the city. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're three games in, and people are already – there's some people that are almost starting to call for his head. Maybe they're not quite there yet, but that, – That's way too early. Yeah. People way too early. Yeah, people aren't seriously going there other than these weirdo fanatics. But, you know, it, it, it is kind of a testament to how bad this has been. That goodwill that they really had 
is just about gone. Well, I think that's just it. There's so much frustration because we know what this team's capable of. Yeah, that is actually kind of part and, of it. And something's like they're just they're stuck. Like the clutch isn't in all the way, and they can't get into that next gear. Yeah, it's like we know. It's like we saw how good you were. We love you. You were the best. Why do you suck now? Yeah, where did it go? That that's kind of where the frustration is, and maybe the real goodwill will like it's it's keeping him off the hot seat. Nobody's really talking about him losing his job. He's not on the hot seat, but you know, you keep this up, and that seat does it will rise in temperature. Uh, six four three six. Absolutely, do not support booing. Sportsmanship should not only be encouraged on the field, but off the field too. Yeah, and that probably is the major argument against booing is that there is a question of sportsmanship, and I do like to support sportsmanship. But, you know, fans are paying the ticket, and they have a right to show their displeasure. As long as they're not crossing the line of being insulting, then I'm okay with uh, the general displeasure. And I, Do we have a caller? We do. Craig wants to weigh in. All right, Craig. It's on your mind, Craig. Hi. Um, I I think in the heat of the moment, Blake Anderson overreacted. Um, and I, quite frankly, I think he needs an apology needs to happen. But I, I do have two other questions for you from an offensive standpoint. Why do we continue to run to do that fake run? When you're down 35 to seven, or 28 to seven, it's in the fourth quarter, and there's 10 minutes left. When the defense obviously knows we're not going to run the ball. Yeah, that's a fair question. When Calvin Tyler Jr. on the day ran for 64 yards, and you take away his one long run of 20 yards, and he didn't really get anything per carry. So the defense knows you're. We don't need to really get overly concerned about the threat on the play action because they're not going to run the ball with much effect. Well, this is one of those yep. things that goes back to last year. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, we'll let you get to your other thought. Basically, this is something they did last year. They were overly committed to the run game. Even if it wasn't working, they were going to do it. So this is the thing they've been doing since last year. True. And, and, and I don't disagree with them being committed to the run in the first, second, third quarter, but when you're down 35-7, to seven, uh, the fake run does nothing. It buys you nothing other than taking the quarterback's attention off of where he wants to throw the ball. Yeah. I, I do wonder about teams that are overly committed to that, that play action, you know, that action. It seems to just right. be built into the play, and the quarterback will do it no matter what. And there can be some negatives, like you said, you know, it can take a quarterback out of his rhythm, or maybe maybe sometimes it helps his rhythm. I don't know, but it is weird that they do go to that play action when sometimes it buys time for the pass rushers, gives them extra time to get to the quarterback. Yeah, true. Right, the play action when you're down thirty-five-seven does nothing for you. The defensive guys are coming. Yeah, and and the the point of the play action is to draw the linebackers up and open up usually some maybe over the middle or just. You know, you're, yeah, it's some passing options in other parts of the field, but that, that wasn't happening either. Yeah, you're supposed to create space, but yeah, like I said, when you're down 35-7, linebackers ain't falling for nothing. And of course, right. they, weren't, they weren't really falling for that in the first or second quarter. They weren't, they weren't being <laughs> but, drawn up. Uh, but I can understand why you do it in the first and second quarter and yeah. continue to try. That makes sense. But when you're way behind, the play actions, they don't care. The defense doesn't care. 
You're yeah. not moving one guy one inch. And, True. Yeah, and I think it just does come down to it's part of the play, and so they're going to go through the motions. You see this in high school, too, where a lot of their big down-the-field plays are play-action passes. So you'll have these guys running two-minute drills where they need to throw these long passes, but they're running play-action because that's the play call. Right. Give them time. Anything else, Craig? But it, these are college kids that can get past that. They can run more than one play. Yeah, they should, you'd think. But that, that's, that's, that's my theory is that it's part of the play. I think you're definitely right. It shouldn't be part of it. It's always kind of bugged me when I see that over and over. But my second question is, was with McGriff, why don't they move him closer to the – rather than having him stand on the sideline, move him more further inside where they can throw the ball to him that isn't a 40-yard pass um, even when he's out there on the sideline. I just – it, it seems like he's a big man. He's a big target. Get him to the middle of the field and and let him use his body. Let him go up for passes. I just I think him standing clear out there on the sideline, and I know Blake likes to stretch the field every bit of grass, so I get that. But, man, he is such a big target. Use him in the middle of the field. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate the phone call. Um, and I think that that's been an ongoing issue, too, is that wide receivers are not just McGriff, but others are so close to the sidelines, it's easy for the defender to bump them out of bounds, and then you know, where do they go? I mean, they can come back in and establish being in bounds to make a catch because we've seen that a few times, but we see a lot of times these wide receivers running along the sidelines already out of bounds. Now, for McGriff, look, his – He's a possession. He can be used as a possession receiver. But there are times where he does run across the middle of the field. They've done that a couple times already this year. Uh, He is being utilized a little bit more this year than he was a year ago. But, again, that's a guy that has a lot of potential and upside. And it could continue to increase. Love to see more of it. My biggest thing with McGriff is one of the plays I saw. You talk about this being forced out on the sideline. So that is a thing where they're almost too close to the sideline. I saw one play where Bonner throws a great pass, lands a few feet away from McGriff, but he was kind of out of bounds. It looked like he was pushed out of bounds. The The corner he was going up against was 5'11", buck 75. And he couldn't out-physical the guy to get to the ball. Mm, it was yeah. a well-thrown ball right where McGriff should have been, but McGriff got pushed around and thrown off his course by a guy who's 7 inches shorter and like 40 pounds lighter. And I just... I had to like pause my study for a moment because I was like, that's it. I can't stand this. Why on earth did that happen? <laughs> but again, that's just one of a ton of small things. Like in my cool down, I didn't cover half the stuff I, that I noticed. And I'm not even done with my study. <clears throat> yeah, still a lot more to unpack. Uh, we got to take a quick time out. There's more of your text as well. Try to get through as many as we can. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Back to school means back to massive laundry piles. Get a washer that can handle your busy laundry schedule. 
head to Daryl's today for a great deal worth your time. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have a GE top load laundry pair with a 4.2 cubic foot capacity tub and a 7.2 cubic foot dryer for only $11.07 for the pair. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Yes, it is, and we're going to do our best to get through all these texts that have come through. Thank you for your patience. Uh, 5338. Logan Bonner is the same quarterback that won the Aggies of Mountain West Conference Championship last year, but is he really? I'd argue he's pretty dang similar, maybe slightly less with the injury. Like I said, some of the things he's doing this year are things he's been doing last year, but we overlooked them and he got away with them because big plays and a lot of other reasons. And he had some wide receivers who would go go get a ball. Yeah. Like I said, better receivers. There's, there's, I talk about this kind of in my cool down, the effect the wide receivers have had on him, but more texts. 7325, who cares if Bonner won the job before the season? What's he done for us lately? Sadly, that's a strong mentality. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's a bit of a fair argument. I'm not going to uh, completely disagree with it. Yeah. 5879, this was Jay Hill's revenge game for not getting Coach A's job. Maybe a little bit of that. Maybe. Gary Anderson, also very close to the Weber State coaching staff. They've hired him as an analyst, so I think there was a lot behind the scenes there for emotions going into it, leading into it. Uh, two six zero three. Coach Anderson needs to right the ship and do it quickly. His approach to the fans is disheartening and not a good thing to do. His paycheck is determined by putting butts in the seats. With how USU football has been, you won't find a more true group of fans. Yeah. True. It's tight knit. Sometimes it's a bit small, but it's tight. Uh, six eight nine one. He shouldn't be worrying about the fans. He needs to worry about the product he puts on the field. Uh, two nine four five. Too much trash talking on the field when we are losing badly. Uh, 7994. The reality is that we have a week to heal and get ready for the important part of the season. The coaches better get it together. Yeah, this uh, bye week comes at a very opportune time for yeah. USU. That's why that's why I say there's still there's still some hope for the season. It's not the, the sky isn't falling, but it's not lost. It might be falling if things go much worse. Still time to course correct. Uh 6211. Jason, you say that Levi can't get it done? Isn't he the same Levi that came to Logan last fall with his Wyoming team and completely destroyed the Aggies? Yeah, and how did he do the rest of the season? Uh, Levi Williams had two really good games. Beyond that, uh, it's kind of average. Uh, 4-7, not to say that he can't get there, but um, he was inconsistent last year. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, 4-7-8-1, I'm sorry, Blake Anderson's comments just anger me. He should get his team... Uh, competitive like the Marshall and Appalachian State teams that beat top 10 teams. Higher level of competition demands higher level of performance. This isn't Little League. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess there's a previous text. Uh, bringing up the Mountain West Championship coming from Bonner is such a deflection of responsibility. It would be one thing if he had been in the Mountain West for 50 years without 
uh, without a title. We've been there for only nine to ten years, right? Boo-hoo, Anderson. If you say that the fans are dumb for booing, you don't know sports. Uh, anyway, we had a few more texts come through. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We can't get to those. Definitely carry over into tomorrow. Make sure you check out our podcast feed to check out all the post-game audio. Have a great night, everybody.